Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and tonight I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hello, Peter. How are you doing? Doing very, very good. I was For some reason, I decided to take a sip of my drink, just as you introduced me. Yeah, I often do that just as you say your name and then realise I have to jump in afterwards. <laughs> I have to I respond, it, yeah. It's, sort of... it's weird, this running a podcast business. Yeah, we'll get used to it one day. One day. Yes. So, uh, I said tonight, because this is another one of our sort of live episodes. So, if you're a patron, you might be listening to this episode right this very minute and sending us gifts and things like that on our Discord channel. Hi, patrons. Feel free to do waves and woohoos and things like that. But also, don't worry if you're not a patron. Everything we do in the podcast, we put out for everyone. There's no separate tiers of Drawn to the Flame content. It's just for everyone. So if you're listening to this and you're wondering why we keep talking to people in the chat, that's why. So hopefully that makes sense. Did I explain that all right? I think think so, so. yeah. 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 There was a a couple of minutes of what what I had for dinner that weren't recorded. Um, okay, but if anyone's yeah. really interested, if they email the podcast uh, email address, then then I can share that. That's good. Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> I yeah, do I that. suppose it make, doesn't make that much of a difference on people's play experience, knowing what you did or didn't have for dinner, right? Well, I mean, you say that, but it's impossible <laughs> to know without a control group. That's true. Hey, that's true. So we should find out how the patrons get on in their next game and compare that with everyone who doesn't know what you had for dinner. Yeah. And yeah. We'll work Seems it out. like a good use of everyone's time. Speaking of Arkham, what have you yeah. been playing recently? Peter? I have only been playing a little bit of Arkham. Uh, mm-hmm. It's hard to play Arkham. It um, is, yeah. When there's no one else around. Uh, so, what have I played? Uh, I'm continuing on with uh, The Circle Undone mm, with yeah. Mandy and Tony. Oh, that's a nice pair. What was that? Sorry, you just that's a nice pair. Nice pair. Uh, yes, Mandy is great. Um, although I, I'm finding my builds for Mandy are sort of, there's a few cards I'm always taking, mm-hmm. so it'd be yeah. nice to break out of that cycle um, and try some of the stuff in her. Uh, but she, she's really good. That that cycle is is a nightmare, isn't it? I forgot how hard it was. Yeah, it is pretty tricky. Yeah, yeah. We just did Wages of Sin. Yeah, oh, and that's okay, a great yeah. one where just the we were talking about this the other day, like encounter cards comboing and and working well in yes. a set. Yeah. And yeah, we got absolutely just mullered several points by by that happening. Um, I like that there's that point where you realise about, you know, five or six turns in, like as long as we don't end up on spectral locations, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. And then there's the They all flip over. Agenda flip. You're like, <laughs> no! no plan ruined. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And then, I mean I fi- finally, uh about what, two months, three months late, have played Point of No Return. How was it? Sorry, Frank, you're just jumping in and out a little bit. What oh, did you say? Sorry. Then? I said, how was it? Uh, it was good. It's good fun. That That's that's Mandy again. <laughs> okay, yeah. But that's Mystic Mandy, not not Rogue Mandy, like I am in the Circle Undone. Uh, yeah, that's Mandy, Pete, and Tommy. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Um, we actually absolutely crushed that scenario. We managed to... I told you this, didn't I? We, we Between the three of us, we cleared three starting locations on the first turn. It's just insane. It's so it, was, fast. it was everything worked really well. Like my favorite was I, I uh, there was an enemy, and when the enemy appears, you have to take a test. And I put true understanding into the test, <laughs> so got a clue from that, and then just moved straight back out again. Nice. So this nice. enemy just, appears, she's like, "Aha, I'm going." Yeah. Anything that happens is just more clues for Mandy. It's really good. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you what. If you feel like your Mandy decks are becoming a bit similar, then one thing you could try is <laughs> a Mandy draft. <laughs> I could do. <laughs> could yeah. you imagine? I don't even know if the draft has Mandy on it yet. But go on forever. Fifty yeah, cards. Fifty cards. Yeah. Settle in for three hours <laughs> keep, keep of us trying picking. to draft a Mandy deck. <laughs> Wouldn't even be able to keep it in our heads. I don't think at that point. But that's about it for Arkham. I, 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 we talked a bit about Gloomhaven because everyone loves Gloomhaven. We've done. Mm, yeah. We've just got to four retirements in as many weeks. That's really so good, yeah. we're going into the next scenario with pretty much an entirely new party. And three three of our characters just on nine hit points, even at level four. Oh, just so just going to melt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Suddenly you're like really into running away. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's good fun. That's that's kind of my my few weeks in gaming. How about you, Frank? What have you been doing? Well, I've been getting really involved in finishing off some of these solo campaigns that I've run with patrons where one player takes on the dreaming side of the Dream Eaters and the other player takes on the waking side. So it's sort of play by post where you send each other messages when you need to do the interludes together. We've got a nice Google sheet and people can sign up and have pairs. So I'm actually, I've taken part in four separate campaigns with wow. with four different patrons. And now that Weaver of the Cosmos is out, slowly finishing those off. Um, I'm, a, I'm one for four on winning final scenarios, which doesn't feel great. Uh, I've had a couple of, <laughs> couple of campaigns where I've just kind of done that classic hot fuzz run through every fence on the way... Oh <laughs> yeah, way yeah, yeah. through it and it's just been pretty brutal but yeah i've really enjoyed it as a way of playing having i mean we've been doing that with our three player groups for dream eaters but having someone else playing the other side sort of takes some of the mental load off i think trying to track which campaign decided what and i can kind of keep them separate in my little campaign book that i keep and I've really enjoyed it, just seeing what happens. And, and the parts that I think I've enjoyed the most are bits where you get a message from someone saying, bad news from the dreamlands, we need to do another interlude or whatever it is. Like that part where you get some small sense of how someone else is doing is really enjoyable. So so yeah, I've been playing that. And the, the positive feeling, I think, is that I finished and I'm excited to play more. And I was even thinking about messaging people and saying, does anyone want to do another two campaigns? And like, <laughs> that's where you want to be. You don't want to get to the end of a campaign and say, I never want to play that again. I'm sick of it. Yeah. But it feels for me like there's more to see that I haven't yet seen. There's more to do. Um, some of the scenarios that I enjoy the most, I still don't feel like I've really cracked them. So yeah, I mean, that's a good place to be, I think, about Dream Eaters. Yeah, yeah. It, it would be good to get to the point, I think. Uh, my criticism would just be the f- fiddly bits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think playing a few more times, it might be a bit more second nature, what you're doing yeah. at the various points, and you can just focus on enjoying the experience. I remember before a Forgotten Age campaign, we decided we wanted to get turn back time and sitting down and going through the entire campaign log to go, right, we need this written in the campaign log at this point so that means we need to have done x or y and sort of mapping the whole thing out and once i'd done that it actually felt really good to say right in this scenario we need to do the following things you know get the relic of ages or make sure we don't get defeated that sort of thing and yeah that that felt really good in a kind of it's maybe slightly gaming it but I, i kind of liked it in terms of like a project in terms of being what 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 player type is it? The Leo? No, the Calvin, the gamer, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Northern Lightsaber Arkham asks, have I been able to play Weaver of the Cosmos yet? I have. I've played it three times with my solo and then with my two patron campaigns. I'm one for three on it. Don't want to spoil that scenario because I know a lot of people haven't played it yet, but yeah, uh, really cool scenario so yeah i'm also seeing in the chat some people are having some audio issues i'm gonna disconnect from the chat and rejoin yes peter this is time for you to fill yeah okay oh no ask me a question chat am i do i sound okay i've noticed frank skipping a little bit as well i sound great it's good ask me a question someone what do i really think of frank how are the cats cats are great uh I I came into the office to get set up for recording and I was I I was tidying up earlier and I went to put some pillows in in the cupboard and I hadn't finished doing it and I came in and then just moved them and then a cat like leapt out of the cupboard like you know in a horror film or a, or a police drama like a cat will just jump across the screen it was that exact thing and then he kind of shot off um so yeah I'm back uh, Peter can you back? hear me I can hear you yeah Good covering, yes. How's the sound now? Sorry about that if it was all over the place. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I think being like closer to the to the mic helps. Okay. I'm kissing the mic now. Kissing the mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lucky him. 
Well, I saw mentioned in the chat there as well about the Innsmouth conspiracy. And that's, I think, the other kind of Arkham-related event in the last week and a bit. There was the fantastic stream from FFG all about Innsmouth conspiracy, which got me pretty excited. So, yeah, I actually have in front of me the Agents of Cthulhu encounter set from the core set. That's how excited I am about the Innsmouth conspiracy, because I wonder if that gives us a little bit of a sense of what we might see in Innsmouth conspiracy. I don't know if you want to talk about these cards with me, Peter. Yeah, I absolutely do. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to. So in that set, there's just two cards. The first one is the Young Deep One. Three fight, three health, three evade, humanoid monster deep one. Preys on the lowest combat, which is kind of a weird thing to see. It's a hunter and it has forced after young deep one engages, you take one horror. So I straight away for me, I wondered if we might see an effect where deep ones just give out horror whenever you get near them. Yes, you're still skipping a little bit. Uh, sorry to... to draw you out of the of your flow frank sorry but go on sarah is saying uh if you set your mic level not to auto you should be okay or it might be better do you know how to do that i'm gonna find out right now <laughs> it was fine last time what a shame sorry for everyone listening to this it's part of the fun of the live experience mm, yeah well the a few weeks ago, uh, right at the start of the lockdown, um, Bob Geldof was on BBC Breakfast and he did everything that you're not supposed to do on a Skype call. He was like sat way too close to his computer. So it, like the whole, his face filled the whole frame. <laughs> uh, he couldn't hear what the presenter was saying. It was just an absolute car crash. <laughs> and he started pretty. ranting at the end of it and she couldn't stop him because she couldn't, <laughs> she couldn't say, oh, thanks, Bob. That, that's great. How about now? How am I now? You still missed the beginning of your uh, your sentences there. Oh. How about anything? now? How about now? Well, we'll try that and we'll see how it goes. Okay. Well, can can you still hear me at all? I can still hear you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, people are saying that sounds much better. Oh, okay. Good. Cool. Sorry about that, everyone. Bit confusing. Let's talk about the young deep one. The, my thought was just wondering if Deep Ones would have an effect that was about horrifying you whenever you engage them, just as a kind of almost like a trait-based things for Deep Ones that we'd always get scared of them. What do you think, yeah. Peter? I don't know. That's a broad question. Um, man, you really... You, you, you did say you were going to do this, actually, so it's my fault for not having prepared this. Um I like the idea in Innsmouth, there's this, the, the element of paranoia, which seems to tie in with the conspiracy. And we saw one of the other treacheries in the announcement article, uh, which was, ah, someone's helpfully posted in the chat, the Innsmouth look. Mm, yeah. That was one of my favourite things in the expansion, the Innsmouth horror expansion to the board game, was that uh, you had this deck of Innsmouth look cards, and you pulled one out of the deck and you might eventually turn into a deep one this yeah. idea of horror at what you might become i think that that's that's quite cool so it ties in with the conspiracy angle well the other thing about the innsmouth look that is fascinating to me about this agents of cthulhu set is the other card in the agents of cthulhu set is dreams of Rulière, and that like compare the text on innsmouth look and this card it reads revelation put dreams of Rulière into play in your threat area you get minus one willpower and minus one sanity and test willpower three if you succeed, discard Dreams of Rillier. Oh, interesting. Like, they're almost identical. The yeah. only difference is the intellect instead of the willpower and that gaining of the deep one trait. Yeah, yeah. Well, the gaining of the deep one trait is another interesting thing as well. What's that mm. going to do? Yeah, well, we saw that with is Serpent, it just flavor? didn't we? Yeah, in, with no, Curse but of it, Didn't it make a difference with, what's it called... The snakeskin one. Someone Ooh. help me. No, I don't. Snake scourge. I don't think it did. I'm sure it did not do something based on the serpent trait. Hmm. 
I didn't, didn't do, do anything. No, poisoned I'm totally it in wrong. Surge. Yeah. No, the Serpent trait never came up as far as I recall, but it was just a nice, flavorful thing. And yeah, it's completely the same templating, like lower a stat, lower a health or sanity, and give you some trait, and then some kind of test to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, Innsmouth, I'm, I mean, I'm super excited. It feels like such a long time away that it's hard to know what else to think. But I yeah. wonder if there might be more of these cards that sit in your threat area and lower your stats in some kind of... The first one isn't a problem, but then later and later they get worse and worse in much the same way as the Curse of Yig. The first one's fine, but the second one might kill you sort of thing. Yeah. Right, is it time to announce a card? It is, yeah. You did drop out for a second there again, Frank. Mm. Well, for me, anyway. Mm. Um, but let's let's do cards. Cards are exciting. Uh, now, I'm going to do the same thing again, which is post them on the Facebook at the exact same time we put them in the chat, okay? Cool, yeah. But we're only doing them one at a time in the chat. So if you want to see what the second one is, if you want to ruin your dessert... Uh, you can jump over to the Facebook page and have a look. Uh, yeah. So we have two more cards from the starter decks. Mm-hmm. Not from the Innsmouth Conspiracy. Uh, they are now on the Facebook. And I will drop one into the chat. So the first card is Daredevil. But it's Daredevil level zero. It has a wild icon. It's a rogue skill. It's fortune and practice traited. And it reads, after you commit Daredevil to a skill test, discard cards from the top of your deck until you discard a rogue skill. You can commit to this test. Commit it. Shuffle each weakness that was discarded by this effect back into your deck. You're a maniac, Winnie. I know. Isn't it wonderful? Fantastic. Now, okay, question for you, Frank. Have you had a chance to play with Daredevil level 2? I haven't yet, no. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> yeah. So well, how does how does this compare to Daredevil level 2, just in terms of text? Yeah, so the big difference is that Daredevil level 2 doesn't discard cards from the top of your deck. Daredevil level 2, you reveal cards from the top of your deck until you reveal a rogue skill and you commit that to the test and then you shuffle everything back in. Whereas at Daredevil level zero, you're losing every card that you can't commit, which might yeah. not be a problem, but it might be a problem if your next skill is halfway through your deck and there go all of your weapons or clue tech or anything else. And of course, your weaknesses go back yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, If you're right at the bottom of the deck and you've just got weaknesses left. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And... Say you've got 10 cards left in your deck, a couple of skills, one's a weakness, and the others are assets and events. You potentially are just increasing the odds of hitting more weaknesses. So, yeah. So, this is coming up in Winnie's starter deck. Yes. It's great for Winnie, I think, immediately. Yeah. Do you think she'll see a reprint of Daredevil Level 2 in that starter deck as well, then? I wonder if she won't. Because okay. she might get this version, and then that would encourage new players to say, oh, wow, there's a Daredevil level 2. I'd love to see that. Given that Daredevil level 2 just came out, that's my initial thought on it. Yeah. What do you think? I I could go either way. I mean, obviously, they'll have known about the starter decks for some time now. That's true. Um, yeah. Well, we'll wait and see, I guess. Um, but, so... It's hard to really have a, a, a good view on this card without having played much with Daredevil mm-hmm. Level 2. I know some people in our chat are saying it's really good, especially in Winifred. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we talked when we talked about Daredevil Level 2 about whether you pack your deck with other skill cards and then just hit any of them with Daredevil, or you don't. You only put a few in and they're the ones you really want into the test. Mm-hmm. Do you have any further thoughts on that on that strategy we came yeah. up with some time ago? So Winnie takes that strategy and more or less tears it up. Because yeah. for Winnie, if she commits Daredevil, she gets to commit another card, which hits her threshold for committing two cards. So she starts to draw cards. 
So yeah. for Winnie, she can start her turn with only Daredevil in hand and start to rebuild her hand, or, or she can still use her ability, basically. It also means if you've got a turn where you're taking loads of tests, you can do one where you just throw in a Daredevil because you know you're going to get another card from your deck yeah. and, and get a draw out of it. So the Daredevil replaces itself, which is really nice. Um, so I think that sort of takes the strategy and maybe throws it out the window a bit. And then the other thing I think with Winnie is that her deck, I'm guessing, is just going to be packed full of skills. So we've seen Nimble announced yeah. about Winnie, which is a cool movement skill. We've seen that the upgraded manual dexterity is a rogue card, which yeah. is kind of cool. And we've seen that her signature is a rogue card. It's a rogue skill. Anything yeah. you can Absolutely. do better. Of course, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that will get... Because this only Does it only hit rogue skill cards? It only hits yeah. rogue skills. So it so, will hit her signature. Okay, cool. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if there were other rogues with skill cards as their signatures that were the neutral versions, this wouldn't hit them. But for the starter decks, because they have the kind of faction-specific coloring, Daredevil goes and fetches anything you can do better, which is then suddenly a plus seven to your test. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. So I think there's obviously a, like a lot of strength just right there in Winnie. Does that mean I suddenly run this card separately in other people like leo or finn or something like that i'm not sure but i like the idea of trying this in winnie at least yeah absolutely i think it, it winnie is so interesting i can't i can't wait to play her just that mm. bonus for as you say rebuilding your hand as you start putting the uh the skill cards in there yeah um, yeah yeah it's i think that's that's so good yeah the other thing this makes me think, this is just a small thing, we're seeing a level zero version of a card that we've only known about at level two. And that made me wonder if we'd see other versions of cards that we already know about in Winnie's deck. So for instance, like a momentum level three or a quick thinking level two, you know, sort of rogue skill cards that we already know and love, there might be more versions of them. And the other one I, I thought we might see is maybe like a lower level all in. Because that yeah, exists yeah. only yeah. as a level five card. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it only draws, you say, three cards or doesn't have the clause about shuffling weaknesses back into your deck or something like that. But we could, if this is a template for, you know, rogue skill cards are up for being reworked in the Winnie starter deck, I think that's yeah. really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, should we move on to the next card? Yeah. Um, now, this one, I think, does need a drum roll. Does it? Are you yeah. going to do it? Uh, well, I mean, the chat can do the drums. Thank okay. you. Because this is, I think, pretty mon momentous occasion. I don't think anyone realized when they sent <laughs> us the card to announce that we're announcing the highest level survivor <laughs> card yet. Right? Yeah. yeah, no yeah, one... yeah. So we've seen Quick Learner. It's level four. But this is Deja Vu, and this yeah. is a level five Survivor card. Permanent. Do you want to read this to us, Peter? Yeah, oh yeah, I can read this. Yeah, it doesn't have a cost. It is permanent. It's an asset. It has talent and cursed traded, uh, trait. Sorry. Uh, yeah, permanent. In between two scenarios of a campaign, reduce the experience cost to repurchase up to three cards that you exiled during the last scenario by one each. Haven't you seen this before? We definitely and we have. have because the art is the art from Stray Cat, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but exactly. with a mysterious green glow to it. Yes, I mean Stray Cat, the card has glowing red eyes, so I don't know if maybe the green-eyed cat is actually a bit nicer. <laughs> so, it, potentially, yeah. yeah, it's in like a farm rather than in a, in a back alley. Um, yeah. When we got sent these, I spent some time kind of jumping back and forward between them to have a look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this throws up all sorts of questions. Like, first of all, I just want to talk about the XP potential for this card. And I've sat down and done my maths about this. So I hope this makes sense. So it's in between two scenarios, you get to reduce the experience cost to repurchase up to three cards. So yes. if you somehow have had exile cards in your deck in scenario one, you could potentially buy this after scenario one and, and use it. But at the moment, that's not possible. So we'll just discount that for the moment. So, oh, so you could 
Yeah. Half the scenario you could, two. Yeah. Ah, okay. Oh, well, that that's interesting. I think so, yeah. I think it works in the same way as adaptable. Like when you buy adaptable, you can immediately swap two cards because you're still in that between two scenarios stage. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you buy so, this after scenario one, you spend five XP on this and three XP at least on three exile cards. So you're eight XP in the hole at that point. And then after scenario two, you get three XP back as long as you've exiled those cards. So then you're at minus five XP. Yeah. And it carries on from there. So after scenario three, you're at minus two XP. After right. scenario four, you're one XP up where you would have been if you'd just been exiling. After yeah. scenario five, you're four XP up. After scenario six, you're seven XP up. After scenario seven, you're 10 XP up. Nice. And then I imagine at that point you're doing scenario eight and ending. But, I mean, you could be doing a longer campaign. You could be adding inside scenarios and things like that. So that's if you can start with buying this and three exile cards after scenario one and then exiling them every single time to get maximum value out of this. Um, so that, I'd, like, I already pictured in my head that you would say to me, Peter, that only works if you exile the cards. And I'm kind of trying to... Well, um, i tell you what is interesting. Bearing in mind what you've just said, um, if you, you know how many exile cards you've used during a scenario before you buy it. Mm. So what you could do is say, well, I've got, I don't know, four exile cards in my deck... I've reached the end of the scenario. I've used three of them. I will. I will spend the five XP, knowing that three of it I get essentially. Essentially, I get back straight away, mm -hmm. and then I bank on over the next few scenarios at least two more exile cards repurchasing. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I think that use of it, being able to do it, to be able to see how many you've bought and then go back and do it. I think that, yeah. that's that's really really potent. I'm pretty sure it works that way. Yeah. I, I no, mean, I, I think I, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I, maybe I could get that wrong. But yeah, that idea then that you you maybe wait to dive in on this as long as you've got a little bit of XP banked so that you yeah. can then start doing it. So this, I suppose, then raises for me a follow-up question. Yep. We talked about Exile as the powerful thing that survivors had which justified why they didn't have four and five XP cards. Yeah. I will obviously be now going through our entire back catalogue of episodes and deleting, <laughs> deleting. any <laughs> reference to that because we've now been proved wrong. But is this a sign that the, the designers are saying, actually, Exile is hard to justify to new players or experienced players. We need to give it a little bit of a bump. And this is the kind of card that makes it really worth using. Uh, potentially, yeah. Um, just one more thing before we move on uh, to more speculative chat, mm. Frank. Um, just from a rules point of view, I believe that if you had a two-cost XL card, yeah. uh, you still pay one. Yes, that's right, yeah. Yeah, just just to make that clear for everyone. Um, yeah, no. You know, I mean, I, I've actually always been a, a fan of the XL cards. Um, one of the issues I have with using them is not wanting to waste them. Mm -hmm. um, which sort of, I think this card helps to helps to mitigate yeah. because it says yes use them because unless you use them you don't get them back mm. so to an extent it encourages you to use your exile cards because then you, you know you, you're like okay well that that actually is a free xp at this point to buy it back yeah i'd go further i'd say it encourages you to invest in exile early as well rather than waiting for scenario seven or eight where you're going oh, i'm not really sure what i want my xp on you're like, no, 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 I'm buying two Test of Will, two Flare, and a Stroke of Luck. After Scenario 1, I'm going to really push the envelope with these cards and go mm. for it. And you've talked before about Test of Will, you know, actually being a 5 XP card if you use it every scenario for five scenarios. But of course, with Deja Vu, it becomes a 0 XP card. Like it's a well, it's it's a one to five XP card that you then get for free. To an extent, it's a six XP card because you've got to buy it and then buy um, Deja Vu. <laughs> yeah, I guess my issue is at, at what point do you buy it um, when you've got the spare XP? So you imagine scenario one, you get I don't know a handful of experience after it. Mm. So you 
straight after first scenario, you buy in, you ignore everything else <laughs> and yeah. go straight for the exile cards and you stock up on some of those. Yeah. After scenario two, somehow you manage to get five experience, you buy this and then you buy those cards back. You've gone yeah. two scenarios then into the third one without having up done, I guess, the up core upgrades you might want. Yeah. That really no, match your, no your, your cornered, deck strategy. No big man on campus, no will to survive, none of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, you've just you've just done the exile thing. At that yeah. point you're saying, well, I don't need those more powerful allies because I'm using flair to pull powerful allies from every other player's deck, or I'm stroke of lucking and passing the clutch tests that I need to, and that's you know, one XP well spent when you keep getting it at a discount. Yeah. Potentially. It's a I think it's a really hard one to gauge. And I almost yeah. feel like the best way to do it will be to lean into it quite aggressively and say, right, this is gonna be my heavy exile deck. I'm gonna yes. do that as the first thing I do, and then any other XP after that is just a bonus. Well exactly, yeah. And this is what I was gonna go on go on to say then. Do you start to mm. build like because there's there's quite a lot of powerful cards in those exile cards. Um I'm actually a real fan of Stroke of Luck. I've used that a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's never not been fun when it's come off. Yeah. Um, just one XP to automatically succeed a test in your next game. I think that's, yeah. that's really good. It's really good. And you've not yet played Stroke of Luck in Silas. When no, you I haven't, no. Disgusting <laughs> thing of committing it, pulling it back to hand, committing it again, dropping yeah. it into your discard pile, true surviving it back, you know, like all of the stuff he does with it is is brilliant. Yeah, I just actually like re-fell in love with Flair playing solo Calvin where I was doing Peter Sylvester and Jessica Hyde and I was doing like the Calvin ally, all my stats buffed thing and going into the final few scenarios of uh, the path to Carcosa with Flair was amazing for just Mm. if I didn't see one of those two allies in my opening hand, if I saw Flair like play that instead grab who i need it became it was really useful actually it's it's only a one cost reduction on them because it's two cost to play flare and three cost for either of them but it still was just really impactful and powerful i I really liked it so i could see myself doing that yeah um so blurpore in the chat raises a really good question this means there's probably a few new exile cards in stella's deck because yeah. that's the person we've not talked about here, that this is coming in Stella's starter deck. Well, we know it... that this Test of Will, level zero. Oh, level zero? Yeah. Wow, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, we don't know what it does. It's just in the card fan. I mean, it can't exile. It can't exile. A level zero exile card? Yeah. Probably not. I think it has a test on it. Um, But there could well be more exile cards. Yes. You, well, you'd want otherwise... Um, oh, okay, someone's saying it's cancel a card if you test willpower three. Oh, there we go. So probably okay. not exile then. Yeah, no, certainly Unless it reads <laughs> and then exile this card, but then you yeah. can rebuy it for zero, so no, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't make no. any sense. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make um, any sense. Cool. Yes. Um, what was I going to say? I've totally lost my train of thought. Yes. Well, we need some... It would be really rotten to have a 5xp Deja Vu card, um, which is a yeah, permanent. and no exile. <laughs> and then no exile cards to use it on, wouldn't it? Yeah. So th- there, ha- there has to be a handful. Um, and I can imagine there'll be some reprints in amongst that. Uh, but yeah, fingers crossed we'd see some new exile cards. Mm. The most positive slant I could put on that was that it would be a kind of little um, allure to new players that they see this exile card that doesn't really work in the starter deck. And that encourages them to go and buy new packs. But or that, it teaches that would be them, crazy. Yeah. yeah, or it teaches them Excel pointless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More likely, I think, is that we'll see three or four Exile cards, maybe, and people invest in that. They put down Deja Vu and buy three or four, and that could be the way that you upgrade a Stella, that you just lean into that as your sort of upgrade path. Yeah, that could be cool. Yeah. You know, maybe she happily fails her way through a scenario and then at the moments where she really needs to just keep things locked down, there are some exile cards that that help her. You know, maybe there's one that you exile for clues or one that you exile for damage, something like that. They could be, they could be the pieces, you know, we've talked about how if you're based entirely on failure, 
Sometimes you just need to succeed. <laughs> these could yeah. be the pieces, these exile cards, maybe. Okay. Well, that's exciting, um, isn't it? Well, well, and Glyn has a question. Could you oh, exile a card, replace it with something else at zero XP, and then repurchase the exile card using Deja Vu, replacing a different zero XP card? So you get a level zero swap at the same time. Glyn wanting something for nothing here, isn't he? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Interesting question. Yeah. I wonder if the repurchase, which Deja Vu reads that you have to repurchase the card. Straight away. Before you replace. Yeah. Re- like, um, purchasing it to take the place of another another card is not repurchasing it, is it? It's purchasing it separately. But I don't know. There's not a there's not a strict rule, is there? That you know this card takes up slot fifteen in my deck. There's yeah. no such thing. Okay, so those are our two cards. So we had all together. We had two cards from Winnie's deck and two from Stella's deck. I know yes. that uh, Mythos Busters, curse their name forever, have had two from <laughs> Harvey's deck. And yes. I have heard rumors that there are other announcements coming up. I believe Man from Leng has a couple of cards coming up later this week it's exciting so my understanding is that there are going to be more starter deck cards for us to see and get our heads around which will be really cool yeah oh that's exciting it's really exciting yeah frank uh you're still dropping in and out a little bit do you just want to try mm. and restart discord and see if that helps okay cool you cover for me i'll cover for you yeah come on hit me with a question chat i'll see what i can do it's about cats all the better. Uh, ooh, what what was the main similarity between Frank and Bob Geldof? Um, I, I wouldn't even want to begin to speculate. What investigator am I most looking forward to from the Innsmouth Conspiracy? Um, I haven't had much time to mull it over. Um, it would be really fun to see what Trish does. From a comment Matt made, she might be like a... Uh, I called her the fo- the followed uh, investigator. I don't know whether she's going to play around with evading enemies and using pickpocket and stuff like that without getting rid of the enemies, exploit the enemies for things like resources, cards, and clues. That would be really good fun if, if that's the case. Um, that said, it looks like Amanda uh, might enable some absolute nonsense. So that would be incredible. Um... What's my feeling on the new Chaos Tokens? Uh, so, yeah, they're a bit... If you haven't seen the, the Innsmouth Conspiracy announcement, that's worth checking out because it does explain how they work. Um, we've already talked about Gloomhaven today, but they're, they're, they're like a rolling plus two or a rolling minus two. Um, so you draw them out and then... Uh, you know, if you add it, you draw another token, you get rid of the blessed, and then it adds two. I think they're really good. I think that's the, the, the alteration to the stats are kind of subtle, and I'm interested to start playing with some more bag manipulation stuff. I'm really looking forward to playing Jacqueline, um, so that'll be good fun. Um, uh, do I like, I don't like fish dishes, I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat fish. I haven't eaten fish in about 10 years now. Uh, have I backed any cool Kickstarters recently? I'm waiting. I've tried to cut down on Kickstarters, but I kickstarted uh, High Frontier Fourth Edition, um, and High Frontier is just like a work of mad genius. It's it's amazing. I think designed by a literal rocket designer. It's a game about kind of a hard sci-fi exploration of the solar system. Um, I, I've I've played Third Edition a couple of times. Twice in one day, if you can believe it. Um, if you can try and find what the map looks like, it's so good. Just the map is incredible. But weirdly, it's not complicated. There's like It's quite broad, but nothing's like too fiddly to try and dive into in too much detail. Like the core mechanics are pretty straightforward. And the stuff that's difficult is actually fun to do. Like trying to get from point A to point B along all these like orbital paths and... Um, minimizing the number of Hockman pivots you do and this kind of stuff um, and you all stand up, it's like when you play Pandemic, you all stand up around the board trying to plan where everyone's going, it's like that high frontier you're like well you go to this asteroid and then you can go to this asteroid and scan that it's good fun 
right, hang on, what else have I got? What has a deck idea I've been trying to make work but has been struggling? What kind of card effect does it need? What was I trying to make the other day? I'll tell you one I've, I've gone back to a few times is the the kind of... Oh, man, I guess lockdown is the appropriate word for it. Just like uh, the Seeker deck. I, I did it in... Yeah, I did, it, I did it in Rex, which was a Rex deck that uses Barricade and then In the Know and Quick Study <laughs> and then, like, Crack the Case and the camera to stand in one place <laughs> and pick up clues all over the place and then drop them back on your location and then pick them back up again. Um, but I, I genuinely think it's a really terrible deck. Now, the reason I did it in Rex was because Rex can also take Intel Report, um, at, well, all the favours. So he could take five favours, um, lock himself up behind a barricade and then just start pew, 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 clues all over the place. Uh, yes, the next film is In the Mouth of Madness. Uh, am I expecting to see the Syndicate take a role in Innsmouth Conspiracy like the Lodge in TCU? Next film night is this Thursday. Because it it's been a week. It's been a week and a few days since we did um, Event Horizon. So this Thursday we're doing In the Mouth of Madness, which I'm super excited about because it's one of the few Carpenter films I haven't seen. And probably the most overtly Lovecraftian. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I have not played Silas yet. I have got a, a Silas deck planned. Now, I don't have the book for Silas. So I, I haven't had the card. Um, but seeing as I've been playing online a bit more recently, um, it's about time I took him for a, for a, for a spin. Um, but a friend and I were planning... What campaign were we planning? Oh, I can't even remember now. It was Silas, right? It was Silas. It was Silas and Luke. We were planning as our investigators. An absolutely mad team. But I can't remember what campaign it was. I think it was Carcosa. Hi, everyone. I'm back. That was a long five minutes. I've yeah. been on a terrifying journey into the depths <laughs> of Discord. Yes. Yeah. It First, my browser completely died. And so I was like, oh, I'll just open the Discord app. And yeah. it then did its thing, checking for updates. I was oh, like, come dear. on, come on, it's all right. It said it's only downloading two updates. So I was like, oh, brilliant, download two updates. And I know this isn't Arkham related, but it just went on and on. And update two took ages, and then it wouldn't open. So now I'm back on the browser. Hopefully, I sound a bit better. You sound a bit I better. I, I just heard a couple of flustered. skips, but um, yeah, it could just flustered. be... Yeah. yeah, it's fine. It's it's probably just, I know internet tends to be a bit, uh, struggle a bit in the UK on a Sunday eve. Okay. Yeah, maybe we need to pick a different time for going live. What did I miss? Fill me in. Uh, just me talking about your favourite investigators. Oh, brilliant! Who did you pick? <laughs> You'll have to listen back to the audio to find that out, Frank. I will. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will. Um, right. Is it time to burst out our mini feature? New feature. Oh my goodness! I forgot about this, and I've just remembered. Yes, yeah, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. We don't. We don't have a jingle yet. Oh, um, so good. I've forgotten. Oh, <laughs> genuinely excited. So, uh, th- this new feature is um, uh, Patrice Makes Perfect. Uh, that's what we called it, right? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and what Frank is going to do is give me a card you can add to Patrice using Versatile, and I'll say whether it makes that card perfect or not. Yeah, Patrice um, so, Makes Perfect. Yeah, go on, Frank, hit me with a card. Your first card, Peter, is evidence. Oh, say that again. You dropped out right at the evidence. crucial moment. Evidence. Evidence. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you're asking me whether does Patrice make evidence perfect? No, is the answer. That is a good answer. Your second okay. card is... Oh, we're doing more. Th- we're doing it again. Yeah. I thought yeah. we were just going to do it once. Oh, was that it? No, yeah, I thought that was it. Though. Well, we can let leave people waiting for, for next next week. Okay. I tell you well, what, why don't you give me the give me the card and I'll think about it over the next week and then we can tell them in the next episode. <laughs> okay. I think this is actually a really interesting one though. Gregory on. Gry. Gregory Gry, wow. Okay. I I will need a week to think about it. 
Right. We well, had we a lot of fun behind the scenes doing Grease <laughs> Makes Perfect, didn't we? And we did, yeah. to troll each other with <laughs> bad choices. <laughs> I think it's a good it, game. It's a good game, yeah. Yeah. Sort of, it's I think... It's nearly made... as good as what investigator am I thinking of? <laughs> where you name three cards that only that investigator would take. That is quite a good game. Um, yeah. I suspect that the name of Patrice Makes Perfect is the best thing about it. But, I mean, that's not saying much, because it is, it is a great name. It is a good name. Yeah, it is. People are now trolling me in the chat saying that I'm thinking of Roland. That's not true. I wasn't. The... We need I to get was around... thinking of Leo. Werner got it. I was just about to say Guard Dog. Incredible. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. What, what was next? This is going really well today, Frank. What, just saying guard dog? Yeah. I mean, next thing is that we need to pick an investigator to draft to go with Oh, skits. yeah. Yeah. But I don't think we should do the draft now. Because we've... we've got te- 11 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But maybe chat can help us. Uh, so if if you're in the chat here and you've listened to our episode where we drafted a skids de- deck, we would love your guidance on who we could pair with that brilliant deck we made. And yeah, any... Suggestions would be great, he says, burping into the microphone. Well, yeah. um, people are saying we could do like a super quick draft. Yeah. Should we do that? And we'll just like, what's it? No discussion. How, how long we'll will just, we... We'll alternate. You pick a card and then you read the three out to me and I'll pick a card. Okay, cool. Right, hang on. Um, I've, oh no, I don't know what the slide is. I should have <laughs> had this ready, Frank. This is so organized. This is this the joy of live podcasting yeah i did uh, think about daisy yeah. as the classic pairing i think marie is a really great shout but will marie <laughs> break the drafting site maybe she will <laughs> yeah yeah asisani just trolling us someone who can take teamwork and lots of economy <laughs> <laughs> complete preston and then versatile and then teamwork <laughs> yeah exactly uh Werner asks me what's the most skills i've ever run in silas marsh and how did it go I've not really answered any questions yet, so we can just answer a few more questions before we end. I yeah, think well, let's, let's done, do that, and we'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a bigger draft later. 18, I think I've done in Silas, and it was fine, but maybe not the the best position for Silas. Like I think Silas runs best at probably 14 to 16 skills, I would say, probably 14 and the challenge there is just picking the right skills and working out, you know, what's the really tight thing. But if you go so heavy on skills that you don't have some assets to get things done and some really good survivor events, because there are loads of them, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Like just because he's good at skills doesn't mean you should completely flood your deck with them. The other thing that's worth noting, of course, is that he makes skills last longer. So in a way, he needs fewer skills than other investigators, which is kind of perverse because he really likes skills. So like one copy of Guts, if you you chuck it into a test, you know you're going to fail, you keep it, and then you use that Guts for a later test. So he kind of, yeah, he's a weird, an odd duck in that way. Uh, Peter, uh, Asasani asks, on a scale of intrepid to all in, <laughs> how excited are you that it looks like Innsmouth will have a skill cards as its focus? Um, or as a focus, rather. Uh, skill cards tend to be... They've always been a weird one for me because mm-hmm. they do something that a lot of the other cards do anyway, which is that you commit them to tests one-off to make you succeed that test more. Mm. But just about one of the things I love about Arkham is that every card has that dual use. Mm. Um, but I think it's it is maybe difficult to to make a skill card really stand out unless it has like a really eye popping effect. To be fair, a few of them really do have um, eye popping effects. Like yeah. double or nothing is one of my favorite cards in the entire game. I was thinking as we did our skill card judging something I wished I'd said on that episode was that what I really look for in a skill card is it takes the actions that I already know I'm going to be doing and adds to them. Yes. Because I I want value in the things I'm doing. So the neutral skill cards are a really good example. I'm going to investigate. So perception gives me plus two and replaces itself. That feels really nice. Mm. I don't want a skill card that's an intellect icon but says 
commit this to a test that's not an investigate and draw three cards because I'm thinking, oh, how am I going to get intellect tests in my deck? You know, that sort of thing. Like, I want it to feed into the things I'm doing. Combat if I'm a guardian, investigating if I'm a seeker, probably evading if I'm rogue or survivor. And then you want willpower icons in your mystic skills because that's the the testing you're doing. So I really like that they should sort of lean into the main theme of the class to a certain extent or certainly enhance the actions. Yeah. So yeah, um, I, I think it would be really cool if Innsmouth does it. I'd like to say that they were inspired by our skill card competition, but it's unlikely, isn't it? <laughs> we'll claim it. Okay, Vernet has asked us, what is our favourite token between Skull, Cultist, Tablet or Elder Thing? Mm. Have you got a good answer for this, Frank? Um, <laughs> tablet? <laughs> tablet? Are you mad? Yeah, yeah I love Tablet. Oh, Tablet's great. Oh, absolutely rotten answer. That is because I've just played Weaver of the Cosmos today and Tablet is zero. Oh, is it? Yeah. Nice. The black cat goes and scratches and jumps around. Yeah. What's your favourite? I'm torn between Skull and Cultist. Yeah. Cultist Cultist is normally the most sort of wacky, isn't it? It's like the sort of teenage son of the special symbols. Yeah. And Skull is gets worse the more you go on, isn't it? Yeah. Like a podcast, yeah. I played a lot of <laughs> lot of gym early on, and you know, still feel like skulls are skulls are are, are, are cool. It's always fun to see a skull. Do you remember when we did um, Depths of Yoth at the expo? Yeah, and that guy turned up with Jim, and we were like, "That's a great call because the skull at the end of it is is absolutely killer. That's what that's what gets you the skull. Yeah, you're, you're so clever picking Jim. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant choice. He's like, "Oh no, I just like Jim." Didn't even know the scenario. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, and all the people who turned up with Carolyn decks, and we're like, oh, yeah, events, bringing healing, that's a really good idea. And it's like, no, Carolyn had just come out in TCU. It was just the new hotness. No one had um, planned. Starking has added, asked, what is one card that we like that most of the community does not? Now, um, <laughs> I, what frequently happens, Frank, when I send you a deck, mm. is that you look at it and say, ah, this is a classic Peter deck. Yeah. But what what is it that makes you think that when you look at one of my decks? Just thirty bad cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, that was very. Cruel. Um, what is it makes? I just there's certain cards that you're really passionate about. Yeah. There's some some pet cards, and I know you're going to kind of be rubbing your hands in glee and say, "This is why." So, like. Well, a good example, your Mandy decks. You really like a cult lexicon in Mandy. Yeah, yeah. I love a cult lexicon. A cult lexicon is a really good card, but in Mandy, it can draw you into research cards. So it's slightly, just slightly less good in Mandy than it is in other investigators. Look, Frank, the thing you don't understand about Yeah, I know. And I knew (laughs) as soon as you started to explain (laughs) it to you, you'd be like, no. Yeah. So Um, I really like fieldwork as well. Yeah, you really like fieldwork. I love and I field saw work. someone recently saying, should I put fieldwork in Ursula? Yeah, you know, obviously. It takes all sorts. It takes all yeah. sorts. Yeah. And um, what's the other one? Oh, quick study. Oh, we like quick study as well. Yeah, you really like quick study. That's a card I think many people have panned. What do I like? What am I? I'm a equal opportunity card lover. I like all of the good cards and bad cards. Um, the card I think I have the fondest memories about which isn't one I've played is Blackjack Level Two, and that's from Arkham <laughs> Flames last yeah, year. Yeah. <laughs> and the All Guardian group in the labyrinths, two of them ran Blackjack Two, and just did serious work. They had Zoe in the group who engaged everything, yeah, and then everyone else like wailed on things engaged with Zoe. I think that's I just absolutely that legit. So cool, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. there's also the cook- cookery moment, the classic yeah. cookery. Yeah, my awesome. eyes were out on stalks. Yeah, and then I'll spend really an action good. to do another damage. Wait, how are you doing that? I'm using yeah. Kukri. You're using yeah. Kukri? <laughs> um, how far have you gotten with how low can you go? Asks Werner. Uh, oh, God. I, 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 I've not run it in a competition. I've only done it, like, socially. So yeah. How, five. Low, how low did you get? Well, the bottom five. Is It's five, isn't it? When oh, you... okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, how about low you? can you go? You just keep going. Well, I did it at the expo and we got to seven. <laughs> yeah, was this with, when you played it in the evening after we'd spent all day 
Yeah. It was as many hours as it was deaths. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just your brain was dribbling out your ears by the end of it. Yeah, it was so good. That was Silas. And I shouldn't have... I had 10 XP that was complete waste in that scenario. Can you remember what that 10 XP was, Peter? Um, Was it two deja vu? (laughs) Great question. Great answer. It was two copies of Time Worn Brand. Yeah, that would have been my serious guess. Yeah, and the reason it was useless was because, of course, there are no two health or four health enemies worth killing in Depths of Yoth. So you should take a three damage weapon or not damage enemies at all and just evade them. Yeah, yeah. And I had put two copies of Time Worn Brand in because it was like, yeah, this Silas deck is cool and it's just a waste. But I just um, used my agility. Yeah, it was Vesta, exactly. Yeah, those it's it's so. I think we could honestly do a whole episode about three health enemies. Yes, that's what I was hoping you would say when I mentioned the young deep one to you. Oh, uh, it's a three health enemy. It's a three, three, three. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Frank. I probably cut out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, I, <laughs> I teed it up for you and everything. So you could say. Yeah, three health yeah. enemies, and then like five as well. Five, five is the new three. We were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the grey weavers. Yeah, and the four, the four, five, three, the Slitherer. Yeah. yeah, the D hole. Yeah, that guy. Uh, should cool. we do one more question? Yeah, final question from the chat. And then we'll call this Make a, day. It a good one. Frenzy typing is happening now. There's a joke question here. Are we going to announce Super Frank for the Nathaniel Cho deck at some point? <laughs> we did see that ally in the Nathaniel Cho fan. Uh, Greta Wagner, who looks really badass. She has a spear. I mean, Exciting. that is pretty cool. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, what do we think the print and play announcement will be this week? Uh, that is a good final question. That is a good question, yeah. Um, 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 I have... Is trepidatious a word? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, I am feeling what? trepidation. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I don't have a printer. Oh, crumbs. Yeah. Uh, so I will. But you're just... good at drawing and painting. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not good at either. Um, I can <laughs> write them all down. My wife's mm. an interior designer. She's a designer, so she might be able to draw them. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, it seems too on the nose to say it's it's just an um, a scenario, right? Hmm. I'd like something... the idea if it was a scenario that but pulled on the rest of your collection. Like maybe had corset cards or something like that. So you didn't have to print, say, 60 cards to make the Uh, scenario. You just had to print an act and an agenda. That's a legit good answer, Frank. Thank you. Yeah, and it would just play on... And maybe maybe there'd even be a... You could throw in some... If you have Dunwich, include these cards. If you have... You know, it it could be something like that. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Or something you can play with other people who are playing remotely, you know? Yeah, some kind of dream, dream eaters light or something like that. That'd be cool as well. Yeah, I I find it hard to to conceive of it. If if I know anything about this game, it's that <laughs> it's inconceivable. Matt has <laughs> wacky ideas, yeah, and will do the things that we don't think he'd possibly do. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're coming to the end of this now. Thank you to everyone who's joined us live. I hope you've enjoyed this if you're listening later. Really excited about Daredevil and Deja Vu, the first 5XP survivor card we've seen. Super psyched for that. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us, we're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Twitter and Facebook. We're also on Patreon. You can become a patron and come and chat to us on Discord or on our Patreon. That's Drawn to the Flame. And you can buy Drawn to the Flame merchandise on Design by Humans. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, I am Unitled everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on uh, Twitter and Discord and places. And I'm the.unitled on Instagram. How about you, Frank? I'm FB on Twitter, that's E-P-H underscore B-E-E, and I'm F-E-B on Instagram, and I'm around the place as Zooey Glass or Zozo. So yeah, come say hi. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.